0: Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint. Thanks for joining me today. Before we get into talking about the feud or the battle between the Rosses and the Mackenzies, let's talk a little bit about my sponsor, USA Kilts. They, they produce some mighty fine quality kilts as well as top-notch customer service. They've got a YouTube channel that is just has tons of cool content in it. Go and check them out. Uh, stuff on Scottish history, Scottish culture, how to wear kilts, anything that you'd ever want to know about wearing kilts, and a lot of the other cool stuff in there too. So go check them out on YouTube. Check them out at electricscotland.com. If you're in the market for anything, any kind of apparel that has anything to do with traditional Scottish culture, go go check them out. Uh, so today, before I get talking about the Battle of Glen Affric i got to give a couple of updates. See, one of the things I think is cool about this podcast and this, this endeavor for me personally is that it starts a conversation that I don't get to have with, with people in person. My wife is one of the best people in the whole world, but this is not a subject she's got a ton of interest in. Uh, my neighbors, they think it's kind of cool if there's a cool story or something. Even people with Scottish last names, but there's not a lot of people I can just dive into this and start a conversation. And that's what this podcast is doing, is starting a conversation. Now, a conversation goes two ways, right? So here's me talking on the podcast. And then the way I've created this into a conversation is I've opened up a Facebook environment for this to take place. And so that's where a lot of you are giving feedback. It's one of many places. You can do it on Facebook, on the, on the Scottish Clans group. You can also go to Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star review which is really the only appropriate one to give. Let's just think about it. And then you could also go on Podbean, and there you could leave some feedback on there too. So there's different ways you can create the dialogue and, the, and get the conversation going both ways. Now, my point here is to include some of the two-way stuff, the stuff that's come back to me. So on the last episode about the Chisholm's, I had somebody – my mention of the cool Western connection with John Chisholm and, and all that stuff, that was kind of an afterthought. I was like, oh, yeah, and the, the Dill Chisholm Trail. Now, I had a listener jump from the from the Chisholm Facebook group. I don't know if that's the exact name of it, but anyway, I posted it on there because thought they'd be interested. And somebody who is way into the history and knows a lot about this jumped on there and said, hey – and they were cool about it. They weren't a jerk, and that's kind of my – prerequisite for the, the dialogue, and they said, hey, actually, the the Old Chisholm Trail was Jesse Chisholm, not John Chisholm the Rancher, and there's two different guys, and he went in a little more detail, and so there, so I'm just giving that correction to you right now, and then another thing is, uh, it's kind of a correction, but it's more like a fleshing out the dialogue a little bit. Let's go back to the Clan Graham and the genes that we talked about, right? We talked about J1, popping up in their genes, which is actually a Middle Eastern genetic marker. Um, somebody has since – and it's not, it's not contradictory. It's the same exact source, the same scholar that was putting this stuff together through further diving into it has amended – and there's different people. I, I think there's two different sources that I got this feedback on. Uh, the one's talking about the Family Tree DNA project, and there's some there's some argument back back and forth on that forum whether the J one represents the the main line of the head of the kindred, or whether it's a an element of the Grams, but not anyway. There's there's different just to let you know the listener that there's different perspectives on that, and there's a dialogue on it, so it's not settled. It's not. Concrete, the chiefs or people who we, we use the term chiefs of the Grams, Clan Gram, Gram, Gram surname, whatever. Some of you want to be really technical about using the name Clan, that's cool. Um, and then if you're going to be technical about that, maybe we're technical about the term chief. But the main line of the chief, the senior line of the Grams, whether that was the J1 Middle Eastern marker or whether that was. Anyway, there's a dialogue on there, so I'm just letting you know so you can go check it out for yourself and dive into it if you're super interested in the genetic background of the grams, which does have that very unique Middle Eastern component that really doesn't pop up in in a lot of any of the other I'm not gonna make any absolute statements, like it never pops up anywhere, but yeah. Yeah, so there you go. There's, there's a there's a dialogue, an ongoing dialogue. I think the my first the thing that caught my eye on that as far as the, the conversation going back and forth was from, I think, a relatively new member of our Facebook group, Hamish Sinclair. So, Hamish, thank you for throwing that into the conversation and anybody else who's contributed to that, appreciate it. And that's, that's the kind of environment that we're trying to create here is let's talk about it. And I, I'm never men, uh, intending this podcast to be an absolute truth. We're all learning. It's developing. It's ongoing. Um, It's kind of fascinating that if you look at history books from the 1930s, who's using them still? Science books from that long ago? Does it even have the same stuff? So my point there being that it's just something that the more interested we are in it, the more we'll keep continue to learn. And this is where we're going to talk about it, specifically about the Scottish clans. And I appreciate those of you who jumped in in a kind and contributive way, not all nasty and like, well, actually, you don't know as much as I do. we have seen a little bit of that, but really not much. Mostly everybody's been pretty cool. So that's what we like. And that's how we move forward. All right. Now, speaking of moving forward, let me give a little, um, let me go in a little bit more depth about my sponsor here. Not a really long Depth, you know, like just a little bit about them more than I did at the beginning. USA kilts, Eric and Rocky, go check them out on YouTube. They've got a great YouTube channel, USA kilts and Celtic traditions. They've got all sorts of cool subjects on there ranging from Scottish history, Scottish culture, how to wear kilts. How like the, the history of the kilt? How to how not to wear the kilt? What to wear with the kilt? And how and what not to wear? The, like anything you would ever be curious about that super valuable content, for, especially for people who are interested like myself in wearing kilts. And where did I get my kilt? I got it from USAKilts.com, and there's a the the quality of the kilt is top notch. The customer service was I mean, exemplary, that'd be a good word for it, exemplary. They really did take good care of me. with Customer service, it's free shipping inside the United States. So go check them out at usakilts.com or go watch some of their videos on USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions on YouTube. Okay, now let's tell a story. We're going to tell a story about a fight that happened. and And I want to say between the Clan Ross and Clan Mackenzie, but it really wasn't, it was more like, a couple of Rosses at the head of government troops versus the Clan Mackenzie and various elements of what that even means when we say Clan McKenzie. what who are we looking at and and it, this is not meant to be a very academic episode it's more like a good storytelling episode but you know you can always take things from different angles including an academic one so we might at the very end of this just take a quick look at how this illustrates how clans were set up and some of the things that we've talked about a lot of times on this podcast. So what I'm going off of right now is I'm going off of a work by Alan McKenzie from 2006 called History of the McKenzie's. It's in a PDF form, and you can get it on electricscotland.com. And I've, I had started reading this about this actually when I was doing the preparing for the episode on the Chisholm's. And the Chisholm's live – they're like the Glen Affric. Forms the core of their territory. And that's where this took place, although there's conspicuously no mention of any Chisholms involved in this fight. But the, it took place in Glen Affric, which runs right through the core of Chisholm territory. And that's probably where I was like, oh, Glen Affric, where's that? And let's look this up and let's learn a little bit. And somewhere in there, I found a story about the Battle of Glen Affric. And the. Historical. So this battle took place in 1721, and like I said, it, it, I want to say it was the Mackenzies and, and the Rosses, but it wasn't really that. The the Wikipedia, by the way, the article can get you started on this. But there's that that piece that I cited earlier. Um, Alan was did I say Alan Mackenzie? Yes, Alan Mackenzie. That has a lot more detail in that. So if you want to know more about that, go to the Wikipedia page, go down to the sources, click that, go over this, tons of more information. Now let me give you the background of what's going on here. So for those of you who are just super new to Scottish history, in the the latter half of the 1600s, you have a huge dissatisfaction with the Stuart dynasty, so they're run out they bring in William of Orange, the Glorious Revolution, you have a new dynasty in place eventually there's it's, it's a long story and I don't want to get bogged down in it. But eventually you have a group of people in power of the United Kingdom called called the Hanovers. Now the, so you have this now there's still the Stuarts who went into exile because they were kicked out but there's still people within the British Isles who are loyal to them and because of the way the names work in English versus Latin you have James which is really Jacob in in Latin, so you have Jacobus and the, the people who follow King James and want the Stuarts back on the throne being referred to as Jacobites. And so there's friction between these two parties. and you have different uprisings. Now I'd said this battle took place. the Battle of Glen Glenafric took place in 1721. So immediately before that, very soon in the rear not very far back in the rearview mirror were the Jacobite rebellions of 1715 and 1719. And my goal is not to tell you Jacobite history, only give you the historical context that this battle took place in, because it matters. Because each side had a different position. One side was Hanover, one side was Stuart. Now, I said that it's not really a battle between Clan Ross and the Mackenzies. The Clan Mackenzie, or McKinnick, as is more McKinney, is a much, more, a much closer Gallic pronunciation. The the Z that was a mistake the whole time, but um, and and I said yeah it's not really Clan Ross, but but Clan Ross plays into it because what you have is we've got a group of people who are in Mackenzie territory, and they pay taxes and rents and not taxes more like we call them rent, and who's gonna collect this rent and where is that rent going to be sent? That is the issue. That is going on at the heart of this fight. Okay, so you have William Mackenzie, the Earl of Seaforth, who had had spent some time in France, had come back for the 1719 Jacobite Rebellion, had been wounded, and then made his way back out to the continent to back to France. His agent on the ground was Donald Murchison. And this gets into what do the McKenzie's look like? When the McKenzie's show up on the battlefield, who are you looking at? Yes, you are looking at a bunch of McKenzie's. But you're also looking at the McRae's and the Murchison's, who were other kindreds who are super-duper loyal to the McKenzie's. And the McRae's, I'd like to do an episode on them just by themselves because that, that's kind of an interesting group of, of people there. So in the McKinsey's, whenever they were on a battlefield, the McRae's were somewhere around. And the Murchison's, and this can get into a whole conversation about septs and branches and stuff of clans and how clans are set up. And we've talked a lot about that in this podcast and other episodes. I'm not going to go too deep into it here. But two septs of the McKenzie's were the McRae's and the Murchison's. And Willie McKinsey, who's, keep in mind, at this time that this battle takes place, he's on the continent. He's got a guy on the ground named Donald Murchison. And Donald is collecting rents and sending the money to William McKenzie on the continent in France. But that's in conflict with two people who are working for the government. In this case, they are are factors is what the word that came up here. And they're trying to collect the rent and send it to the Hanover government. And so you have this friction. Who's collecting rent and where are they sending it to? And so really it's not about how much money is going to which way or the other. It's about who has authority or sovereignty or who has rule in this area. Is it the Stuarts or is it the Hanover's? And that's where, I, in establishing that context, that's where I'm going to pick up and just start reading from Alan McKenzie's account of this. He says, in 1720, the king's men, meaning the Hanover men, made an effort to exercise their rights to the rents of the Mackenzie chief's lands. Two brave men were found willing to attempt the task. They were... William Ross of Easterfern and Robert Ross a Bailey from Tyne the Ross clan were close neighbors and to a large degree historical adversaries in parentheses I'm, I'm end quote there the, they're talking about adversaries of the Mackenzies so he had this enmity between the Ross and the Mackenzie clans um, and that's where I really think that this once again I'm not quoting this anymore I'm just kind of pausing here You don't have the Clan Ross mustered for this fight. It's really just a couple of Rosses. But why are they taking the position that they take? Well, the Rosses had been taking the part – they had taken the Hanover side in this conflict. So the fact that these two Rosses are going to be agents for the government in this endeavor here, that's where Clan Ross, the the kindred, come into play. Neither one of these guys are the chief of the Rosses. But they, are, but they are following along. Their, their actions here are consistent with the sympathies of their clan as a, as a group and, and their chief. Okay, so I think that's significant to point out. All right, I'm going to get back into the quoting here. It is not difficult to imagine the Mackenzie clan's reactions to the Ross men's audacity to try to exercise these rights, even though they did, ha- they, even though they did have power of the king and parliament behind them. Some Loch Karan men were heard to mutter ominously, that the two factors would get nothing but quote-unquote leaden coin from the seaforth tenants. In other words, musket shot. Murchison, remember Donald Murchison, the the William McKenzie's guy. Murchison, meanwhile, acting for the clan chief, collected the rents due, using part of the funds to maintain a small army of 60 men to resist any attempt by the king's men to collect rent from the tenants. He used this force with some effect when he intercepted a party of excisemen passing near Dingwall with a quantity of aqua vitae, which he helpfully removed from them, allowing them to continue their journey without this burden. The unappreciative excisemen reported this matter to the Board of Excise, but it appears that nobody felt compelled to do much about it. Now, just pause on the quote here for for any of you who are wondering what aqua vitae that translate uh, translates from Latin as water of life, and in Gaelic that sounds a little bit like wishgavha, which wishca or ishka, or depending on what where you are in the Gaelic speaking world, that's where we get the word whiskey. Okay, so they Donald Murchison found some of these excise men with his group of guys, and basically Rob took all their liquor from them. Okay, getting back to the story. In February 1721, the two Rosses sent some of their officers into the Western District to try and persuade the tenants to exercise good sense. They were prepared to submit to the authority, if they were prepared to submit to the authority of the king, then they would be assured of proper treatment by the king's men. This very reasonable approach got short shrift, however. The ungrateful tenants seized the officers, robbed them of their official papers, money, and arms, and sent them on their way after first producing their solemn assurance they would not renew their mission. The outraged Rosses were swift to act in support of their official authority. They appointed a constable to proceed into Loch together with a military party from Bernera Barracks in Glenelg to take into custody the wicked men who had acted so ungratefully. A secret night march across the highlands resulted in the capture of two men, but the alarm was given. The two men escaped and fired on the captors from a hill. They, sent, they then set a bonfire as a signal, which was passed through Kintail and Loch Alsh. The armed force, recognizing they were discovered, beat a hasty retreat back to where they started. Other ineffective efforts were made to exercise authority, but to no avail. Finally, the two factors decided to force the issue and resolve matters once and for all. Setting off from Inverness with some 30 armed soldiers, in addition to an armed body of servants and followers, they moved across the highlands, picking up a further 50 troops from Bernara barracks. Bernara barracks. Confidently, they moved towards Kintail, having been told that there would be no resistance from the Kintail men, Word soon reached the two Rosses, however, that their trust in a peaceful encounter was inappropriate. The fact is that Donald Murchison had assembled his own band of Mackenzie's, plus some further Mackenzie's from Lewis under Seaforth's cousin Mackenzie of Kilden. Further bands of armed men from the Camerons, Glengarry, and Morriston comprise a total of 350 determined and sullen warriors ready to resist and reportedly armed with Spanish long rifles. As the government force moved in towards Kintail, They were surprised by an outbreak of shooting from rising ground on the right. The first casualty was Ross of Easterferren himself, who was wounded but continued to give orders to his troops to advance and clear the ground of lurking clansmen. They had some success in this respect and were able to proceed to a narrow gorge in Kintel which led into Loch Affric. In this ideal ambush territory lay Murchison and his men. The resulting ambush caused considerable confusion among Ross's men, they did their best to fight off the concealed attackers. Walter Ross, the son of Ross of Easterfern, was badly wounded, and another casualty was Bailey Ross's son, who was also wounded. Both of the wounded young men were taken prisoner together with Bailey Ross's servant. Easterfern's son died of his wounds the next day. Realizing that they were severely outmanned and outgunned, Easterfern made contact with his enemy and met with Donald Murchison himself. Murchison was a tough negotiator but finally agreed to let Ross of Easterfern and his men go after first taking his papers and getting his covenant under a penalty of 500 pounds not to officiate in Murchison's territory being the lands forfeited by the Earl of Seaforth. Donald's men conducted Easterfern's men safely out of the protected territory. Murchison let it be known that should any stranger enter Kintail and call himself a factor for the lands that man would be killed. By any one of 16 persons who had sworn to take such meritorious actions, even though they might be hacked to pieces for it. The young Walter Ross was buried at Bewley and thus ended the abortive action to seize the Seaforth Estates against the wishes of the local clans people. Now, even though that this was a clear Mackenzie victory, this it didn't settle the issue for the Ross Rosses, the Rosses had lost one of their guys, probably a little bit bitter about it. And I'm not talking about the clan Ross. I'm talking about the Ross gentlemen that were involved in this with some of their more immediate um, supporters to include uh, apparently the two, these two Ross brothers. Both their sons were involved in it. And so they, want, they would have another shot at the title, which would be known as the Battle of Quilavan, which was less decisive than this one was, but that's another story. Um, I hope that you like this. I hope that it was an interesting story about the competition between a, a kind of clans, but really – clanship was involved quite a bit in this, I think. You, you have the tenants of they're, – they're basically the residents of Mackenzie territory, whether they're a Mackenzie, whether they're a Murchison, whether they're a McRae, and they're loyal to the person that they've always been loyal to for how many generations, which is the chief – of the Mackenzies, so and I'm sure that the Macraes had their own senior man within their kindred, and sort of the Murchisons. who looks like it's Donald M- Murchison in this case, but both of these kindreds are ultimately loyal to also the chief of the Mackenzies. And so there's a lot of clan stuff going on here, more on the one side than the other. But like I mentioned earlier, with the Ross loyalties and the Hanoverians and stuff, still some some clan stuff going on there too. Um, another thing that I think that we could point out about this battle. Is just, and this just, we've talked at, about it at length in other episodes, but when we say the McKenzie's, we're, there's a lot, and, and this has been a discussion on our Facebook group in that we can get really wrapped around the axle about surnames, okay? Um, we're talk, using McKenzie's as a blanket term that could involve people who don't even have a fixed surname. They're still going by whoever their dad was. And in other cases, have surnames, but they're not the surname Mackenzie. So you have these two other septs and, and there's what a sept was, what is considered, was it blood, was it surnames and all that stuff. That's a, uh, we've, we've talked about it in previous episodes. One, two, um, I don't know how much use there is getting totally wrapped around the axle about what English word to use for a Gallic structure here. And I know some of you are just like, oh, I told you, there's only clans in the highlands, and there's no clans in the lowlands, and it's a Gaelic thing. And you know, I, I've already told my position on that like a billion times. So that's, and and actually, I said that really sarcastically and kind of snarky, but I don't, I, I, I don't disagree with that. It's not the stance I take, but I totally get where you're coming from if that's a, if you're kind of a purist with the word clan, and you're like, no, nah, it's a get, it's a Gaelic thing. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. you like, it's cool. It's cool with me. And I don't like, I don't think you're way crazy to do that. It's just a little more strict than I choose to take the whole thing, but you get into septs. And so you've got the Murchison's, you have got the McRae's septs. Um, do they connect anywhere genealogically? I'm sure they've intermarried with all of them with each other, but anyway, th- that's, uh, I, th- I think my point there in with the whole sept thing is sept is an English word it comes, I think from Latin, but it's, it's, not a, it's not like a Mackenzie and a McRae. That's not the word that they would use for anything. They would use words more like Slicht and shiel and canal, and, and the canal might be a little bit more archaic, but – and maybe even the word clan, which is a Gallic word. But they'd be using their own Gaelic words for all this stuff. So to get wrapped around the axle about whether it's a sept or not or whether we use the term chief or captain or whatever else is – that's an English conversation that you're having about people who – most of them didn't speak English. So just a reason not to get too wound up about it. But there you have it. So there, and maybe I said some stuff that you don't agree with. And and maybe you've got some strong feelings on it. Just go ahead. I told, I, I think I was pretty fair to the people who, like, hey, actually, the, the Old Chisholm Trail wasn't named after John Chisholm. And I thought I, I represented that point pretty well at the beginning. So if you've got a point that we need to consider, please throw it in the discussion. Go to the Facebook group called Scottish Clans. And make it to get into get involved there. There's some pretty light. There's some really cool posts in there. If you scroll down through, I don't do much there. I've got some admin guys. And if you want to get like into the weeds and in some academic discussions, I got there, there's people in that group that are ready to do it. Um, but you could also just go on Apple Podcasts or Podbean or send me an email at the clans at gmail.com. Any of these things will work. I'm trying to respond to them. It's been a busy summer and. Yeah, but there's some forms you can do. And also, will you just reach out to somebody who you think would like this and share it with them? So we're learning, we're all, we just get this. The more we can get this conversation going, the better it will be. Um, The more minds, the more, you know, I I mentioned earlier, Hamish Sinclair. He's pretty new to the group and already he's jumping in and, and contributing to the conversation. So that's what we want. We want as many people... In here, so the new people that don't know anything can have the experienced people, and it's just we need all of them. We need all of them to make it go around. We need the new people to ask the questions. We need the experienced people to ask more developed questions. We need people all over to be answering these things. Just make sure you got good sources. And there was one other thing I was going to mention here, but I can't remember it, so it'll wait till next time. And until then, live and Drasta.